Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Acts. One more time. Today we read from the second chapter of Acts. A story that is read in the scriptures from the scriptures every time we gather on Pentecost Sunday. We'll be reading verses 1 through 18. Let us hear now the word of the Lord. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like a violent rush of wind, and it filled the entire house where they were setting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, all in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my servants, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. The scriptures go on to tell us that about 3,000 were added to the number of the church that day. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Father, whether because of my words or in spite of them, may your word be spoken this morning. And whether we come with willing ears or stubborn ones, help us to hear. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Do you remember where you were when you realized that all the background music in the grocery store was being played just for you? Jennifer and I were in our first year of marriage. We had just moved to our first apartment in Durham, North Carolina, and we were walking through the aisles of the Harris Teeter brand grocery store when we both realized that we were humming along to the song on the speaker which is also when we realized that that song was Come As You Are by Nirvana. And then that was followed by another hit from our middle school years, and then another. And now some of y'all know this, but the irony of having a grunge soundtrack as the background of my consumer routine is that Nirvana was the sort of band whose entire persona was about not selling out. Pretty quickly, Jennifer and I realized what was happening. We realized that we were now in the 22 to 35 year old demographic, the most valuable target audience for advertisers in the whole world. 
We were then old enough to spend our own money, and we were still too young to have decided where we would spend it. And when we realized what was going on, one part of us was offended, and another part of us was delighted. I mean, sure, we knew the advertisers and even the people running the grocery store. We know all these folks were just pandering to us. But the important thing is that they pandered to us. It was a heady feeling. A few years ago, I aged out of the most valuable demographic in the world. And I will admit to you, I miss it. I miss feeling like every commercial and every song in the top 40 and every new TV show was speaking my language. I miss the world where every app that was made was made to solve my problems instead of causing me problems. I mean, like if dancing is the new social media, I'm sorry, I am out. I made a TikTok a couple months ago. Brittany McDade laughed at me. The world belongs to her generation now. And that's fine. It's fine because I can build my own little world these days. I don't need the whole world to be built around me. I can build my world around me. And we all can. We can build our own little worlds where we all get caught up in our own little inside jokes. We can't all be the most valuable generation, but each and every one of us has our own cable networks, our own YouTube channels, our own friends lists and BuzzFeed listicles. This week, I read an article entitled, The New Model Media Star Will Only Be Famous to You. And that's the point, right? The people you listen to, the people who shape your mind, they're the ones who just talk sense in your mind. They're the people who speak your language. If you look at the world and it doesn't make sense, then please hear this. It's not just you. It's all of us. For the last 40 years, every major new technology has been a technology for communication. And what that means is that there has never been a time in the history of humanity when language changed faster. It used to be that we could all talk about the same things because we all watched and listened to the same things. Nowadays, your favorite TV show, your neighbor probably never watched it. And if it feels like we all live in different worlds, it's because we do. One of my friends likes to say that our words make worlds. And if that's the case, then we're all using different words and different references and living in different worlds. And if it feels like people these days don't listen quite like they used to, I expect it's because we are effectively speaking different languages to one another. But if we have trouble understanding each other across generations, even in our own communities and in our own culture, then at least maybe we are getting a little bit better at understanding each other across different cultures. I mean, I can't do any TikTok dances, but there are 14-year-olds all over the world doing them today. And in the church, even our oldest generations can be united by music. At the first church I served, one of their favorite hymns was, Lord, you have come to the lakeshore, which was originally written in Spanish. A few years back, Jennifer and I were in the Holy Land with a tour group, and we had to wait outside of the church that's on the traditional site where Jesus cooked fish for the apostles at the shore of Galilee. And while we were waiting to go into this church on the edge of the Sea of Galilee, we were waiting because there was a Russian Orthodox group that was using the chapel. And as we waited, 
we suddenly heard them singing, Lord, you have come to the lake shore. And they were singing it in Russian. And there we were, a couple of Americans, understanding Russians as they sang a song that had been written in Spanish. That was a Pentecost moment. And it gives me hope that maybe different generations can come to hear each other and understand each other too. Because today is Pentecost. And as we do every year, we have just heard about what happened on that first Pentecost, which took place in a world just as divided as our own and full of as many ways of talking about God. We even need multiple languages just to talk about all the names for Pentecost. And Hebrew, this festival was called, and I am sure to botch this pronunciation, but it was called Shavuot, which in English means the festival of weeks. And it got that name because it came seven weeks. That's like a week of weeks after Passover. So we have all these different names so far. Shavuot, the festival of weeks. And of course, back when Acts was written, the festival had another name, Pentecost, which is a Greek name for the 50th day. We celebrate Pentecost 50 days after Easter, just as the Jewish faith celebrates it 50 days after Passover, even to this very day. Pentecost was one of the three pilgrimage festivals, which means the faithful Jews from all over the world would come from all over the world to Jerusalem. And in fact, some scholars believe that the festival of Pentecost was the largest pilgrimage in the first century because Pentecost was also the feast of first fruits. That's another of its names. It was the day that faithful Jewish people could live out their generosity by giving a tithe of their wheat harvest to the temple. It was the first day that you were expected or allowed to return your harvest tithe to the temple. So during Pentecost, Jerusalem was packed. You may have picked up on that when we read verse five that said, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven staying in Jerusalem. And we mentioned before, that these different language groups in Judaism, they didn't always understand each other or get along all that very well. We said before that there were separate synagogues in Jerusalem, some for the Greek-speaking Jews who read their Bible in Greek, and there were other synagogues for the Aramaic-speaking Jews who read their Bibles in Hebrew and Aramaic. And when two people have to use different language and different words to describe their experience of God, it makes it hard for them to work or worship together. In the Bible, we read that it's been that way ever since the Tower of Babel. Maybe you remember that moment from Genesis chapter 11. The passage begins by saying that there was a time when, quote, the whole world had one language and a common speech. And we're told that these same people wanted to make a name for themselves. And so they set out to build a tower that would reach all the way to heaven. And God said, if they can do this, then they'll be able to do whatever they want. And so Genesis says that the Lord confused the language of the whole world. And from there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the earth. That, according to the scriptures, is how it was ever after. And that's how it was on the first Pentecost. God's people lived in a divided time. And they were divided by the same things that divide us today. They had different experiences. They had different ways and words for describing their experience. And it's into this world that the miracle of Pentecost comes. And even though we just heard it, I bet you missed it. I bet you missed it for years and years of reading this passage. I have missed it again and again. I have heard the story of Pentecost so many times, but I never really listened. 
the miracle, the biggest of the many miracles, is there in the question that gets asked in verse 8. The crowd in Jerusalem hears the roar of the apostles. Acts 1 tells us there were about 120 of them, and they're all speaking in different languages. And in verse 8, the people in the crowd ask this question. They say, how can each of us hear them in our native language? How can each of us hear them? Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, how can each of us hear somebody? It doesn't say, how can each of us hear one person speaking our language? No, the book of Acts says that on the day of Pentecost, the greatest miracle was not in how the disciples were talking. The greater miracle was in the listening. And I had to look this up just to make sure I wasn't reading something into it that wasn't there. Greek scholars and New Testament commentators, they all agree that what happened on Pentecost wasn't just a blessing of the tongues of the disciples. It was a blessing of the ears of the hearers. No matter what languages the disciples were speaking, the listeners could hear all the good news from all the disciples in a way that they understood And at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit gave the gift of tongues to about 120 people. But the Holy Spirit gave the gift of ears to thousands upon thousands. God didn't give birth to the church that day by giving everyone a single language to speak. God broke the power of Babel by making it possible for everyone to hear what they needed to hear in the way that they needed to hear it. And I can't help but thinking of the famous prayer that you may have heard or even prayed before that says, Lord, grant that I may seek not so much to be understood as to understand. And I wonder which miracle would you choose? Would you rather be understood by your neighbor or would you rather understand? Because if we take Pentecost seriously, then we are no longer waiting for God to speak. We have been told today that God's spirit has been poured out on all flesh. We are not waiting for God to speak. We are waiting and God is waiting for us to accept the power to hear. We don't have to wait for the voice of God. It's all around us. And that's what Peter announced at the end of what we read today. He said, the spirit is already speaking in sons and daughters. The spirit is already showing us the way in the visions of the youngest among us. The spirit is already inspiring us with the dreams of our elders. And we beg God for leaders, but God is speaking through those who serve. Peter said, we live in the last days. We live in a world changed by resurrection. And we know that not even the grave can silence God. So let them hear who have ears. God is already speaking. And I cannot help thinking about God's call to us on this Pentecost. God's call on this day in which young ones are professing their faith. God's call in a world where it feels like we are so busy talking past one another and speaking our own languages, that God's call for the church today is that we should be the miraculous place where all generations are willing to take the time to hear one another with miraculous ears. And that's the prophetic question I want you to answer this morning. What would you like to understand 
about the other generations in our church? What would you like to understand about the other generations besides yours in our church? You know, in my ministry, I've heard from lots of older people about what they'd like to tell the younger generation. And I've heard from lots of younger people about what they would like to tell their elders. And usually when I hear from these groups, they are already frustrated. So rather than asking what you would say, I'm asking, what would you listen to? If you're one of our oldest members today, what would you like to understand about our youngest members? And if you're one of our youngest members, what would you like to know and understand about our oldest ones? And if you, like me, are somewhere in the middle caught between our oldest and our youngest generations, then what would you like to understand and learn from them both? What do you need to understand about the other generations in our church? Maybe you want to know their biggest struggles. Maybe you want to know what connects them with God. I wonder what we would ask if we were really listening to each other, as if we expected to discover the visions and the dreams of God in one another. What would you like to understand about the other generations in our church? That's the question that I hope you will answer by texting me at 29988 or by emailing me at michael.precht at dolphinwayumc.org. Because I believe that one of the things that makes me the most proud about this church is that we are already an intergenerational church. We don't have to go very far to listen to sons and daughters, to men and women, to young ones and elders. We already have among us everyone whom God has promised to pour the Holy Spirit upon. And we can already be a countercultural witness that the world needs. We can be that intergenerational church, that intergenerational kingdom where no age is left behind or silenced. It's all right here already. And isn't that a marvelous surprise? It's like that time we read about it weeks ago at the very beginning of the series, that time in Acts chapter one, that Jesus gave his disciples one command. He said, go to Jerusalem, to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the world. And we've been preaching for all these weeks about how it was they went to do that. But only five verses after Jesus gave them that command, he surprised them on Pentecost, on the day that all the nations under heaven were already gathered in Jerusalem. They caught a glimpse that day of what it would look like when Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth were all a part of the church. They saw it from the very first day. And once they had eyes to see and ears to hear, they woke up to God's dream that had been waiting there all along. And even this moment, even now, even this time can be the beginning of an eternal discovery. The discovery that this world and this time and this age belongs to God, not to the youngest among us and not to the oldest among us, not to one particular demographic. It all belongs to God. And your time is not past and your time is not yet to come. The time is all God's and God has given it to all of us. The visions and the dreams and the power of God's church are only just beginning. 
And this is the moment when he has filled all of us when the Holy, with the Holy Spirit. Let us have ears to hear. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Would you pray with me? We will not ask you to speak, God, for you have already spoken and you are speaking and we know that you will not stop, but we will ask for gracious ears to hear, to hear you in not only our own words and our own languages and our own demographics, but to be able to hear the struggles and the triumphs of the old and the young, men and the women, among all to whom you have sent your dreams. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.